On this episode of Delivering Marketing Joy, I talk with Yvonne Zeman about why she wants to start a podcast right now. Welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman, and joining me today, brand new guest. I'm super excited about this. Yvonne Zeman, founder and CEO of Monarch and Company. Yvonne, you and I had a chance to talk a little bit offline. Now I'm excited to dive in here on DNJ. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm pumped. Absolutely. So, you know, in, you know, we kind of started chatting because I know that you're preparing to launch a podcast. Um, I'm excited for you. So what are the things that you're both most scared of and maybe most excited about? Mm-hmm. So um, I want to start with what I'm most excited about. Okay, cool. So what I'm most excited about is the risk that's involved. So I would love anyone that's listening to kind of ask themselves, when was the last time that you did something where you weren't sure if you could do it? Mm-hmm. So like, for example, in Monarch, we're revamping stores right now. It's hard, but we can do it. Right. And so I think this is something that I can sink my teeth into where I really don't know if it's gonna work. Um, I'm jumping without a net. And then the other exciting part to me is the sustainability of it. So I'm not doing this because there's like an end game. Right. So it's not like winning or losing. It's almost like a new craft for me. So I think I'm just really excited at, about the new journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I'm most scared about, so this, this changes daily. It changes with the more like knowledge that I have. Right. So at first it was like, am I going to get the right mic? Am I going to get the right headphones? I don't even know if these are the right headphones, but they look sweet. Um, and so I think today what I'm most scared about, and it actually happened to me the other day. So I'd love to share this story. What I'm most scared about is in the moment, will I have the openness and curiosity to lean into the question that I really want to ask. Mm, So I was talking to someone the other day and I I was having a conversation that was kind of like on repeat. So it was a conversation I've had multiple times, but this person I was speaking to threw threw me a curveball Mm -hmm. and started saying things that I hadn't really encountered. And we hung up the phone and it bothered me all day. And I kept thinking about it, kept thinking about it. I'm sure everyone can relate to this. And then you're sitting there like, on the couch or in the shower and you're like, oh, I should have asked, why didn't I ask that question? Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I'm scared to do that because when I listen to podcasts, one of my most favorite things to do is like resonate with the interviewer and be like, I'm so glad they asked that because I was thinking that too. Right. And so I think it's just, I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like being objective in the moment or sure. um, just tapping into curiosity, but I'm scared that I'm not going to ask the question. I'm not scared to, it's just that I'm I'm afraid it's not going to come to me. Have you experienced that? Oh, hundred percent. I like, and and what I would say is a couple things. Number one, give yourself grace because especially at first, that's going to be the case, right? You like, because you're going to be, especially with technology and stuff like that. So like when you're first doing it, you're like, okay, does the internet connection look good? And Hey, is my mic working? Okay. And there's so many things that are running through your mind. And I think, you know, we've always heard this in sales where it's like, um, 
You want to listen, really listen, not listen with the intent to reply. When you first start doing the podcasting, you're listening with the intent to reply. Like you're thinking of what the next question is. It's just the reality of it. And I think the more you do it and the more you kind of free yourself of some of that stress, the better you'll become at doing follow-up questions. I Again, I think we all struggle with that and get get there, there are days where you're better at it than right. other times. And then there are some people who are just truly gifted at it, you know? So, um, but I think I, I, I call it my spidey sense, right? So when my spidey sense is tingling, leaning into that rather than just going on to the next question. Um, one of the, I think Mel Robbins talks about, um, or maybe it's Brene Brown, but one of them, it will say, even just like if you're interviewing a, an employee or whatever, um, when you're just not sure what to ask, you've got that tingling. She says, tell me more about that. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let them keep going. Yeah. And I think that that'll help you dig in without having to have the perfect question or whatever. So I think right. that's, and, and uh, your quote about what you're most excited about, I love, because it's like, I think the quote I think of is, when's the last time you did something for the first time, right? Yeah. And, uh, and I think you are leaning into doing something for the first time and, and, again, I'm super excited for you. So I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. So I'm curious though. So you're, you're going to do this. You're going down this journey. So why, why did you decide that now was the right time to start this podcast? So for me personally, Mm -hmm. um, 2020, one of the many things that impacted me from that year was that I really disconnected myself emotionally from Monarch. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of business owners have this tie to their business. I mean, you'll hear people say like, oh, that's my baby. Mm-hmm. And now right. that I actually have a baby, I'm like, no, this isn't my baby. You right. know what I mean? Right. But what I think sometimes that people mean when they say that is that this is mine mm-hmm. and I have controlled this thing and I want to continue to control this thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was never the end game. For me, I wanted to create the company and eventually I didn't really want to work there. I wanted other people to run it. And so for me, that's how I define success. And so I think that I became like further and further and further from that in 2020, Mm. like in a good way, in a healthy way. I kind of like started thinking like, wow, like Monarch could be gone tomorrow Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be okay. I've never had to go through that exercise mentally. And at one point we actually thought about selling Monarch um, to the point where we reached out to other distributors. Like if they want to like come on board with them, we were very open about it internally. And so I went through that whole process of like, this is something bigger, something different than who I am. It doesn't define me. Right. And so that's kind of a long answer to, I never really thought I had the space to do anything else because I was so wrapped up in my control over this company And I thought that, well, if the company wasn't doing well, then that's a reflection on who I am. So I think that 2020, I was able to disconnect. Um, And then I kind of said, you know, what do I want to do? What am I good at? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I I think I want to do this. I'm really curious about it. I think that I could really serve a lot of people with the stories that would kind of be on the podcast. And I thought, why not just like give it a go? Yeah. And then on the business side, you know, I think it will definitely um, benefit Monarch. I know the Dunstan group, Brian, mm-hmm. um, does an amazing podcast that you told me about. I spoke to him the other day. He's an amazing Good. human being. Yeah. Um, I could talk to him for hours yep. and I just think what they're doing is really different. And yeah. so I thought like this could also be an opportunity to put Monarch on a different playing field. 
So I think we've, we've executed a lot of complex projects and I kind of am always thinking like, okay, well, how can we like one up ourselves? How can we push ourselves? And so this is kind of that push. No, I love that. And I will say that it, it, you know, again, as a, as a fellow entrepreneur, going through the idea of separating yourself from a business, even if it's just mentally, that is a, it's a hard thing to do. I think for a lot of folks, it was, you know, it is for me. Um, But you're right in the sense that, wow, once you realize that life will go on, it's kind of cathartic, you know, you can be like, oh, okay, so everything's going to be fine. So it does allow you the space to try new things. I like, I like the sort of the description you gave and how you got there. So that makes sense to me. Have you gone through that? Yeah, I think the, the thing that pops into my head is, uh, you know, Hospin Brewing uh, was a, a company that we started and it, it didn't work out, right? Like, so we shut that, we shut it down. And for, um, I would say, I mean, for months, you try to make it work and you're doing whatever, but there was a, there was about a three day period where I was struggling to sleep it just because I couldn't get my head around announcing that it wasn't going to work. It was such an ego driven thing. Mm-hmm. My name was on the sign. Right. Mm-hmm. And once I finally came to terms with that, it was like, oh, okay, it's, it's going to be fine. And um, for me, as painful as that was, it was helpful for me to understand, like to, to go through that sort of mental process to go, okay, it, it, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. it's free. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And I think that's why it speaks to your answer about giving yourself mental space to do this because you've freed yourself, you know, sort of from that baggage. So mm-hmm. well done. The other thing too quick, I would like to add on to that is I wonder when the last time any business owner that's listening to this has asked themselves, do I still provide the same value as I did day one as I do now? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer would probably be, no, I provide a different value. Yeah. But then being able to see that at one point you probably were the most important person at the company and now you're not anymore. Right. And so where does your value lie? So like I've just gotten comfortable that my value isn't really creating products anymore mm-hmm. or developing um, vendor relationships or um, I don't think my value is necessarily even in like always being on top of our financials on like a daily basis. Okay. There's other people at the company who love that stuff. And so right. why not give them the space to do that, you know? But then I think what happens is that leaves a gap and it's like, okay, well then what do I do? And that's hard to grapple with, you know? So I spent a lot of time thinking about that. And the answer to that question right now is podcasting. I like it. It's a, it's a journey that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have to go through. So I'm curious, the final question for you is I, this is one that I'm intrigued by. So you've initiated this creators group a mastermind group. And uh, I was flattered that you asked me to be a part of it. So I'm, I'm curious, I, like, I've not been a part of a mastermind group like this before. So what do you hope to gain from this? So the mastermind group that you're referring to for anyone listening in is a part of the Ripple Collective, which is something that was created by Brenda Spears from BuzzTag in Oregon and uh, Kate Ivory, who's also in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, we are the seventh pod under their umbrella. Okay. Um, and so I was in the owner's group for a while and what you get is kind of like your sports team is kind of how I think of it so you enter onto the field and there's rules to this game that you all kind of agree to and then you get to play within that box and that could be asking for feedback challenging each other um asking for advice on like employees whatever it is Mm -hmm. and so I left that group because I wanted to do this podcast I had to be conscious of my time 
And so when I started thinking about the podcast, I was like, man, I really missed that group. I, I wonder like, should I do A for the podcast or B for the podcast? I would love someone else's perspective on that. Mm-hmm. And so I reached out to Brennan and I asked her, can I create a pod for content creators only? And so she, of course she said yes. And then um, we have actually, I think today's the last day we're closing the group. There's 11 mm-hmm. people. Nice. Um, pumped about that. And I think that I kind of look at it as my team, my sports team. Mm-hmm. So I will get to intimately kind of know everybody in the group. And then when I have something that I need to talk about, I can either reach out to that person individually based on what I know about them, or I can bring it up to the group and we can talk about it because someone else might be having the same issue. Right. And so I don't particularly, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I don't particularly want the group to really like, I don't necessarily need like the, like you're doing a great job. Right. You know, I need the group to tell me like, what am I not seeing? Where are my right. blind spots? How can I think about this differently? Um, and kind of share skill, like skill sets and tips and things like that. Yeah, no, that's so, fair. Yeah. It, it, it's funny because I think it, it, for me, it's always like a balance, right? It's, it, it's nice. It's nice to hear, especially from people that you, that are peers in, in any group that, that really do pat you on the back and say, Hey, no, really what you're doing, keep doing that. Right. Like, cause it, as long as it's not blowing sunshine up, your yeah. rear end, then it's, that's really valuable. Cause it's like, okay, I am on the right track. I'll keep going. But you're exactly right in the sense to go, Hey, uh, did you actually watch that interview? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and, and I've been blessed to have a few people like that. And it really does, does help to go, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That one wasn't, that wasn't my best work. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, if we all know that's the rule of the game, then we yeah. all can be very free to say those things to each other and not take a personal and yeah, there's a great book called uh, Creativity Inc. Um, written by, uh, gosh, I'm going to forget his name, but he was the uh, uh, one of the founders of Pixar. Um, and uh, Ed Catmull is his name. Anyway, he talked about the idea of, of instead of truth or honesty, in Pixar, they call it uh, being candid. Mm. And he said, and, and I like the, the differentiation because he said, you know, if you're you, you, honesty has like this, if you're not being honest, you're being dishonest, right? Like there's a negative connotation. He said, whereas I'm not trying to, these are my candid thoughts. So they are honest from my perspective. And I don't know, for whatever reason that allowed me to, I was like, yeah, I kind of get the difference there. And I think that's what you want is candid. Do you mean versus saying, can I be honest with you? Right. Yeah, right. Because it yeah. is like, well, have you been dishonest with me? <laughs> exactly. I see. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's and, and uh, uh, Mr. Catmull does a better job of explaining it, but I remember reading that and going, yeah, that's what I need in my life. Can I don't need more candid. honesty. I need people to be candid. And so, huh. I, I, I'm that steal was, that. Yeah. Okay. So you've answered my three questions. Thank you so much. Um, I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Do you have one for me? I do. Okay. Um, so the podcast is going to be. I'm going to give you some context. I'm going to ask you. So Beyond the Imprint is going to be about the, you know, makers, small business owners, creatives, Mm -hmm. and kind of understanding why them to do what they do. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily focused on like what they're doing, but more about like why that specific person. So I think a part of my job is to get a better sense of who it is that I'm speaking to. And so to get a better sense of you, my question is, can you tell me about a value you have that you hold? or a quote that you live by and how that's reflected in your life, mm-hmm. part one. Part okay. two is, can you tell me a little bit about how you use that in your decision-making processes? Yeah, so I'm gonna talk a little bit about, uh, so two quotes pop into my mind. 
And so I would say that it's sort of the evolution a little bit for me. So for most of my life, one of the quotes would be, if it's to be, it's up to me. Um, which I think there's real value in, uh, especially as you're young and up and coming, not trying to lean on everybody else to do it, thinking that you have the ability to make it the impact in your life. Um, and that's truly like, I, I took that almost to the nth level to the point where I didn't want anybody to help me. I didn't ask for help, didn't want any help. Um, and I think in some ways that drove me in a good way for a while. But I think what I found was there was a limit to that. Um, where I, I think when I got a little bit older, a little wiser, the ability to ask for help when I really need it. And for me, it's like, I don't want to uh, take advantage of people. I don't, sure. but, but in those moments where I can have a peer group, then I think there's, you know, value to leaning on them. Okay. So that was the first one, but I, my next one is still, it's probably my favorite quote in the world. And the, the quote is the greatest distance in the world is the distance between I know and I do. Um, and I, and I always say that the reason I know that that's true is because I know for sure how to have six pack abs <laughs> and, right. I, and I do not have six pack abs. So, right. but, but I think that that quote, uh, kind of reminds me that while I like, we're all evolving and always learning. And I think that even if I've read something before, even if I knew it 20 years ago, it doesn't matter that I know it, if I'm not executing it on a current basis. And I think that that, that adds a level of humility that I think we all need um, so that, you know, you're constantly going, okay, I want to, I want to get better. And even if I know, even if I know to send thank you notes, am I really doing it? Am I doing it consistently? Could I do it better? And I think when we kind of look at it that way, then I think we have, you build yourself into a place where you kind of build a cycle of personal growth that is never ending because you can, you can always do a little better. And so right. if that makes any sense. That's How does that show up when you're like, when you're making decisions or like with your team? Sure. Uh, so again, I think it's one of those things where I know that one of the evolutions I've made is that I need to delegate better. I okay. need to delegate more. And I think I don't always do it. So I'll give you a very specific example. So I was out of the office for a week. Um, just this a week or so ago. And in those moments, I find, oh, damn, I'm the bottleneck in this because I'm out of the mm -hmm. office. So nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. And so that's a great example of where I know I should be doing it, but I'm not executing it. And by constantly looking at that, literally, mm -hmm. I came back from, from the office and, and made several decisions where I'm like, hey, you know how I've told you to check with me on that? Yeah, don't do that anymore. You, you own this. And I even literally came back and restructured a couple of compensation models. Um, for just from being of, out of the office for a week for out of the office for a week, because I was like, I was like, no, uh, one of my assistants is doing so much work on this specific client. It's my client, but I'm like, you should have a cut of the action on this. You haven't ever. Um, but you, you already own this and you should know that. And so that would be a, a very specific example of something that happened within the last week. That's great. Cool. I think that's a really good insight to into when we're managing people. And I don't like the word management, but I'll use it because everyone knows what that means. But when you're teaching somebody something to think about, even though somebody knows something, mm -hmm. it's up to you to get them to do it. Right. And so to like not get frustrated with somebody is because you told them to do it once and things like that. <laughs> yeah. And again, like it, this has been a great discussion because it's these are all things I think entrepreneurs struggle with, especially yeah. if you are like 
you when you said, you know, I've always liked to control this over here. And like, for me, I'm like, obviously there's a control thing there. If it's to be, it's up to me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's the challenge that every entrepreneur makes when they want to scale, right? Is to to allow people to help you do it. It's a different leadership uh, style. Yeah. Totally. Well, cool. You've done it, Yvonne. I appreciate you taking the time and, and doing this. We'll have to do it again sometime, okay? Yes. Thanks so much, Kirby. All right, cool. That's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Bye.